Well, you good to see everyone this morning. You're all welcome. We'll begin the service. We'll sing number 199, Did You Think to Pray?
seems like we've talked a lot about prayer in the last few months, and that's the way that we can communicate with our Lord and Savior. But do we think about that immediately when we get up in the morning? Is I need guidance. I need some guidance from my Lord and Savior starting immediately. How can I live this day? And how can I live in a way that would encourage others in his work? Am I being that light that he said I should be? He says, when you met with great temptations, as we go through life, as we go through each day, these things will come upon us. Did you think to pray? Did you think about that? By his daily dying love and merit, did you claim the Holy Spirit? Have you been able, have you done that? Have you claimed the Holy Spirit to come within you? Because Jesus Christ died on the cross, he came here and he lived a perfect life, and he overcame all things. But we have to claim that. We have to go to him and ask. We have to repent and have faith and ask that he comes into our life and that he forgives us our sins. That's claiming the Spirit the way I look at that. And he has promised, I will send it to you. I'll give to you that comforter. There shouldn't be any one of us without that. If we are, let's immediately put our faith and trust in him. You know, we don't, any of us know how long we might stay here on the earth, young or old. And wouldn't it be a terrible thing for us to look back after we have crossed over and see that I rejected our Lord and Savior. I rejected his blood because I did not ask for him to come into my life. And I did not surrender to him, but I wanted to do it my way. And there is a way that seems right into man that leads to destruction. But there is a way of truth and righteousness that will lead to eternal life. And it's all written right here in this book. But we just need to accept him. And he says, I'll write it in your mind and in your heart. We keep going over these things over and over and over. I want us all to understand it. I want us to all to be encouraged. I want us to all, first of all, to know Jesus Christ as a Savior. Not just to know that, yeah, I think that I've, I've read about him and I know that I believe maybe... He came here to the earth, and he was a good man. Do you totally believe that he was the Son of God? Do you believe that he can forgive you for your sins? Do you believe that he can overcome sin in you from that day forward? Do you believe that you can communicate with him through prayer? That's where we need to be.
let's be sure that we are. And let's use what He came here and He paid for. He paid for our sins. And let's use that. And let's see victory in Jesus Christ. I've opened here to Acts. The 23rd chapter of Acts. And we'll read some there to begin with. We may read some other places. But this was... Paul was there before the council. Paul was there. He had done a wonderful work here upon the earth. God still had some work for him to do. He wanted him to go to Rome. But he didn't just go buy a ticket for a ship or whatever to go there. There was a route that God took him. And he went through lots of trials and persecutions through that. But he held out until the end. And he made it to Rome and he was there. And he preached in his own house for two or three years there. And I'm sure he made converts there also. Then he was eventually put to death. But there's... Lots of things that we can take heed to and we can listen to and we can see how he lived his life here upon the earth. And we'll start just reading. I want to go through just a little bit here on the 22nd chapter there of that he was explaining to them of how and what took place in his life. And starting there at the seventh or starting at the sixth verse of the 22nd chapter, he says, And it came to pass that as I made my journey and was come nigh unto Damascus about noon, suddenly there shone from heaven a great light round about me. Now here was a man that was going totally against the work of Jesus Christ. He was fighting against it. He was putting people in prison. He was having them put to death. All of these things, and here he was going down to Damascus there with authority from the high priest and different ones to be able to go and to arrest anybody who was proclaiming Jesus Christ as a Savior, that he was the Son of God. He was able, he, that was why he was going down there. And he says, about noon there. Picture these things in your mind. Here he is with a group of men going down there to persecute these people, these Christians, believers. And all of a sudden he sees this great light shining about him. And I fell into the ground and heard a voice saying unto me, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? Now do you have an interest today? Paul truly wanted to serve God. And he thought that he was, but he was going about it in the wrong way. There are people today upon the earth that thinks that they are serving God, but they are going about it in the wrong way. It is self-righteousness, and that is what Paul had, was self-righteousness. He wanted to do things of his own way, did not listen to what Christ had to say or what his disciples had to say but he felt he knew in his own self how he should be following God now 
here was this great light and this voice coming from heaven. And he says, Saul, Saul, he calls his name. He gets his attention. Why are you persecuting me? And I want you to think about today, if you are not walking with him, if you are not subject to Jesus Christ, that could be the same with us. Why persecutest thou me? And I answered. Now Paul was just given, given an instructions. He was instruction, instructing these people about what actually took place down there that day as he saw this great light and heard these voices. And he says, And I answered, Who art thou, Lord? And he said unto me, I am Jesus of Nazareth, whom thou persecutest. It's pretty strong language. And here this man, all of a sudden, look what was taking place in his life. Christ just bringing it very vivid to him of who he was and what he was doing in that day. Are you condemned in your life? Is your life, the things that you are doing, condemning it? Could Jesus Christ look into you and say, why are you rejecting me? That's basically what he was telling Paul. Why are you rejecting me? Why are you persecuting my people? And they that were with me saw indeed the light and were afraid, but they heard not the voice of him that spake to me. And I said, what shall I do, Lord? And the Lord said unto me, Arise, and go into Damascus, and there it shall be told thee of all things which were appointed for thee to do. Be obedient. Here was Saul cast down. He knew something was changed in his life. And he says, what shall I do, Lord? Jesus just told him very plain in who he is. He is telling each and every one of us today and has been very plain that he is the Son of God. He is the Savior of the world. He is the King of the world. He reigns over this world. He reigns over each and every one of us. What are we saying? That should be on our lips today also. What shall I do, Lord? What do you want me to do as I am living my life here upon this earth? What shall I do? And the Lord very plainly told him. He says, Arise. And go into Damascus, and there it shall be told thee of all things which are appointed for thee to do. Paul was obedient. And when I could not see for the glory of that light, being led by the hand of them that were with me, I came into Damascus. And one Ananias, a devout man according to the law, having a good report of all the Jews which dwelt there, came unto me and stood and said unto me, Brother Saul, receive thy sight. And the same hour I looked upon him, and he said, The God of our fathers hath chosen thee, that thou shouldest know his will, 
and see the ju that just one, and shouldest hear the voice of his mouth. For thou shalt be witness unto all men of what thou hast seen and heard. And now why tarriest thou? Arise and be baptized and wash away thy sins, calling on the name of the Lord. Listen to that. That's just a beautiful and wonderful picture there of salvation being brought forth. Here was Paul thinking that he was following God. The love of Jesus Christ was able to just come to him and bring it to his attention very plain and clear of who Jesus was and what Paul's life was doing at that time. And he told him, then Jesus gave him a direct commandment of what he'd have for him to do. Paul was obedient, and he went down there, and then he was shown to him that this man Ananias would come into him and put his hands upon him, and he would be able to receive his sight. And then Ananias standing there, and he told him what was about to happen. His scales fell off his eyes. And he says, For thou shalt be his witness unto all men of whom thou hast seen and heard, of all what thou hast seen and heard. And are we willing to witness today what we have been able to see and to hear spiritually? Do you have those ears to hear? If you have those ears to hear and you've heard the wonderful words of life, and you have the eyes to see that you've been able to see the wonderful things that Christ has done here upon the earth in you and in others. Are you willing then to be a witness unto other men of what thou hast seen and heard? And then look what Ananias just told him and he encouraged him. He was encouraging his brother. He says, now, Brother Saul... And he says, For thou shalt be a witness unto all men for what thou hast seen and heard. And now, why tarriest thou? Arise and be baptized and wash away your sins, calling upon the name of the Lord, calling upon the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm going to add that to the end. And it came to pass that when I was come again into Jerusalem, even while I prayed in the temple, I was in a trance and saw him saying unto me, Make haste and get thee quickly out of Jerusalem, for they will not receive thy testimony concerning thee. Here was Saul just following Christ. But I want us to think about that, that Seven, that 16th verse there again. I want you to, everyone, listen to that carefully. He says, and now why tarriest thou? If you are tarrying, not just taking hold of the Word, if you are putting it off to a later time, saying, oh, I'll, I'll, maybe I can do that later, or I don't really need this now. I don't need to straighten my life up. I'll be okay. 
What did this look at what took place there and how what a serious matter this was to him? Why tarest thou? And what did he tell him? He said, Arise and be baptized. And that's what he is telling each and every one of us. If that has not happened in your life, you need to do it immediately. Arise and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remittance of sin. Your sins is what Peter told them. And here is what Ananias was saying. Arise and be baptized and wash away your sins. Have them taken away. How? Calling upon Jesus Christ, the Son of God, for the repentance of your sins. Calling upon Him to forgive you and to take them away. And then as Paul went on, there was a great work that he had to do. And he followed that. And where we're reading here now, we'll start in that 23rd, verse, 23rd chapter, was just another part of his life. And showing how that this man was obedient to the calling. And he was ready to just stand strong. It didn't matter how much he was persecuted, what was brought upon, brought upon him. He stood strong in the Spirit because... He saw what the Spirit could do for him right there as he was smitten down on that road to Damascus. He saw and he understood the power of Jesus Christ. And Paul earnestly beholding the counsel, I have lived in all men and brethren. I have lived in all good conscience before God until this day. Paul just making a statement there of what he had done and how he had lived. And it was a true statement. Go and just read what he has written throughout his epistles and throughout the acts of the apostles here. Well, a good portion of it was about the work of Paul. And the high priest Ananias commanded them that stood by him to smite him on the mouth. Then said Paul unto him, God shall smite thee, thou whited wall, for settest thou to judge me after the law and commandest me to be smitten contrary to the law? And they that stood by said, Revilest thou God's high priest? Then said Paul, I wist not, brethren, that he was the high priest, for it is written... Thou shalt not speak evil of the ruler of thy people. But when Paul perceived that the one part was Sadducees and the other Pharisees, he cried out in the council, Men and brethren, I am a Pharisee, the son of a Pharisee, the hope and the resurrection of the dead. I am called in question. Now here Paul knew that there was two factions there. And one believed one thing and something else. But he says, I am a Pharisee. And when, when they were there, and he understood that, and he told them how, what they believed in, and that Jesus Christ came here to the earth. He was resurrected back to life. And we will be resurrected back to life by being quickened by the Spirit of the Holy Ghost and then being resurrected at that final day 
to rise to meet Him in the air to ever be with the Lord Jesus Christ and God the Father. The hope and resurrection of the dead, I am called in question. And I want us to everyone have hope and have knowledge that Jesus Christ died on the cross, but the grave could not hold Him. God brought Him out of that tomb, resurrected Him back to life. And He says, I will quicken you. I will give your spirit life. That spirit is dead within you when we were born here. But He says, I will quicken that spirit because He lived, because He was resurrected, because He lives now. He can make you whole and resurrect you to eternal life. And when he had so said, there arose a dissension among the Pharisees and the Sadducees, and the multitude is divided, for the Sadducees say that there is no resurrection, neither angel nor spirit. But the, Sadducees, the Pharisees confessed both. And there arose a great cry, and the scribes that were with the Pharisees' part arose, and strove, saying, We find no evil in this man. For if a spirit or an angel has spoken to him, let us not fight against God. And that is what we need to be looking at today. And we need to have that same mind. If an angel or if God or if the spirit of Jesus Christ has spoken unto his servants here upon the earth today, we should listen. We should pay close attention just as he was encouraging these people to listen to this man. And he says, I find no fault in him. And when there arose a great dissension, the chief captain, fearing Paul should have been pulled in pieces of them, commanded the soldiers to go down and to take him by force from among them and to bring him into the castle. And the night following, the Lord stood by him and said, Be of good cheer, Paul. For as thou hast testified of me in Jerusalem, so must thou bear witness also at Rome. God had a plan for him. And it was, it was probably, Paul had no idea that this is how that he would get to Rome to go to preach and to teach it to people there. But there was a way and that there was others that were able to see and understand, I believe, by him doing it the way God had, would have it to be done. I believe there was others that were able to see and to hear the word as he traveled to Rome. But he says there, and he says, And when it was day, certain of the Jews banded together and bound themselves under a curse, saying that they would neither eat nor drink till they had killed Paul. And there was more than 40 which had made this conspiracy. Here a group of men, basically the same way that Paul was a few years before that, probably about 20, 30 years before this took place. Here was Paul with this same kind of a man, mind that he was wanting to put the Word of Jesus Christ off the earth. And here these people, because Paul was preaching and teaching and telling them what had taken place 
with him and how he had communicated with Jesus Christ and how he was the Son of God, they were wanting to put him to death. And here was 40 men that had made a vow that we will neither eat nor drink till we have killed this man. They hated him that much. That they would do that sacrifice, food and drink. But they had something in mind. They, were, they didn't think that they would have to go without that very long. They said, we will accomplish this. We will get it taken care of. But they didn't know that they were fighting against God. And if we fight against God, we're going to come up losing. God will be victorious. He has all the way along here upon the earth. Yes, there has been certain things, and eventually Paul was put to death when his work was finished here upon the earth. But there, they made this conspiracy. And you can read on, and God just had a plan there. He took, he had a young man that heard about this, Paul's nephew, I believe it was. And he went and he told Paul about what was to going to take place. And Paul had him to go and discuss it with one of the centurions there or one of the soldiers. And he was then able to go and he brought him out from there and he put a great group of soldiers together and horsemen. And they carried, they protected him. God's word was protected. And they carried him away from Jerusalem there, so that there could no harm come to it. Even though these men had made that vow, they were not able to carry it out because of God's plan, not man's. They went on and just had more and more times when they were able to, he was speaking to different people. And I want us to Go over, read a little more in, in this. Turn to the 26th chapter. We can go through, and there was different ones there that he spoke to, and he spoke for, and they heard his word. Festus. Well, let's start reading a little bit in the 25th chapter. Festus had heard him, and he wanted to send, he was going to send him. He says, you've appealed unto Caesar, you'll be able to go to him. He will send you. But then he didn't exactly know what took place. And he was talking, and let's start reading here at the 17th chapter of the 20, 17th verse at the 25th chapter. He says, Therefore, when they were come hither, without any delay on the morrow, I sat on the judgment seat and commanded the man to be brought forth, against whom when the accusers stood up, they brought none accusation of such things as I supposed but had certain questions against him and of other superstitions and of one Jesus which was dead, whom Paul affirmed to be alive. And because I doubted of such manner of questions, I asked him whether he would go to Jerusalem and there be judged of these matters. 
But when Paul had appealed to be reserved unto the hearing of Augustus, I commanded him to be kept until I might send him to Caesar. And we see how that God's work was just continuing to be done for Paul to be able to get in front of some of the high people in authority in those days, but how he would also be sent on to Rome. And then Agrippa said unto Festus, I would also hear thee, the man myself. Tomorrow, said he, thou shalt hear him. Now I believe Agrippa was a king, and he had come there to show honor unto Festus. Festus had been brought into a new office there, I believe it was. And here he was questioning and find, trying to find out what to do with this prisoner. And he says, Then Agrippa said unto Festus, I would also hear the man myself. Tomorrow, said he, thou shalt hear him. And on the morrow when Agrippa was come of Bernice, and with great pomp, and was entered into the place of hearing with the chief captains and the principal men of the city, at Festus' commandment, Paul was brought forth. Look around and just think about all these here high people in authority. The king and governors, and he talks about here the chief principal men of the city. And here they were all gathered together to hear what this man had to say. This prisoner. Who was he to stand before these, these high-ranking officials? But Paul came, and he was brought forth. And Festus said, King Agrippa, and all men which are here present with us, you see this man about whom all the multitude of the Jews have dealt with me both at Jerusalem and also here, crying that he ought not to live any longer. Now think about it. We have, none of us have had that kind of a thing brought against us. And here Paul was standing before them, and here Festus just laying out the charges and, the, and telling them about all the Jews here at this town and in Jerusalem and different places. They're crying out that he ought not to live any longer. Why? Because he was trusting and preaching Jesus Christ. And he would be teaching and preaching to these men if they would only listen. But he does. When he gets the opportunity here, he tells them about what took place. And he says, But when I found that he had committed nothing worthy of death, and that he himself had appealed, appealed unto Augustus, I have determined to send him, of whom I have no certain thing to write, unto my Lord, wherefore I have brought him forth before you, and especially before thee, O King Agrippa, that after examination had, I might have somewhat to write, for it seemed to me unreasonable to send a prisoner and not withal to signify the crimes laid against him. Now Augustus, he had something there that he, or Agrippa, he had something that he was really bothering him. He says, I don't even have anything that I can write to tell sending this prisoner there to Caesar, but I don't even have anything to write to him to tell him what 
this man have do has done to deserve death. And Paul was there, brought before him, this great group of people. Then Agrippa said unto Paul, Thou art permitted to speak for thyself. Then Paul stretched forth the hand and answered for himself. Can you just visualize that? That here was this man, this righteous man, probably dressed maybe in prison garb or garment or something that was not fancy or, or not becoming at all. But that did not bother him at all of how he was dressed. He says, I think myself happy, King Agrippa, because I shall answer for myself this day before thee, touching all the things whereof I am accused of the Jews. He was not ashamed of the truth. And with all of these high-ranking officials there, he says, I will answer for myself this day, today, touching all the things whereof the Jews have accused me. Especially because I know thee to be an expert and all customs and questions which are among the Jews, wherefore I beseech thee, hear me patiently. Paul knew something about the reputation of King Agrippa. Uh, King Agrippa. He knew something about him, of, of what his knowledge was about the Jewish people. And he says, I know that you know all about these things. You have a good understanding of that. Because I know thee to be an expert in all customs and questions which are among the Jews. Wherefore I beseech thee, hear me patiently. And I want each and every one of you today to just hear the word that is being spoken today patiently. And be ready to accept His Word. Ready to accept that Jesus Christ is your Savior. My manner of life from my youth, which was at first among my own nation at Jerusalem, know all the Jews, which knew me from the beginning, if they would testify that after the most straightest sect of our religion, I lived a Pharisee. He says, these people know me. They knew who I was before I saw and understood Jesus Christ. They knew, he says, I was there. They know that I lived after the most straightest sect of the Jews. I lived as a Pharisee. And now I stand and am judged for the hope of the promise made of God unto our fathers. And what was that promise? Unto which promise our twelve tribes instantly serving God day and night hope to come. For which hope's sake, King Agrippa, I am accused of the Jews. And all those twelve tribes and all the way back, they had a hope that there was a Messiah coming to the earth. 
They had been promised that, that a Messiah would come, one that would save them, one that would give them knowledge and understanding. And he says, that's what I'm accused of, of preaching and teaching that this man came. How much in our lives today would we be accused of teaching and preaching and talking about Jesus Christ as a Savior? Now the Jews were so upset with this man, they wanted to put him to death because that's what he had been teaching in all over the country and many other traveling thousands of miles teaching and preaching the Word of Jesus Christ. why should it be caught? Why should it be thought a thing incredible with you that God should raise the dead? I verily thought with myself that I ought to do many things contrary to the name of Jesus of Nazareth. And we may be, and I know that that has been in some of our lives, in every one of our lives, before we repented and received Jesus, that we did a lot of things that was contrary to the teaching of Jesus Christ. Which thing I also did in Jerusalem. And many of the saints did I shut up in prison, having received of authority of the chief priest. And when they were put to death, I gave my voice against them. And I punished them oft in every synagogue and compelled them to blaspheme and being exceedingly mad against them, I persecuted them even into strange cities, whereupon as I went to Damascus with authority and commission from the chief priest, at midday, O king, I saw in the way a light from heaven above the brightness of the sun shining round about me and with them which journeyed with me. And here he's just now. He had told it to some other people just a few days before. And now here he is making these same statements and testifying, giving his testimony of what took place in his life to this king and to all these principal men. And when they were all fallen to the earth, I heard a voice speaking unto me and saying in the Hebrew tongue, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? It is hard for thee to kick against the pricks. And it's hard for us today to go against his work, to go against his commandments. That will be a hard life. But if we put it into his hands, he says, My, his yoke is easy and his burden is light. And he'll give to us peace. And I said, Who art thou, Lord? And he said, I am Jesus whom thou persecutest. Again, just bringing this out. And think about this. We today, we may say, Well, I'm not persecuting Jesus. If you are rejecting His Word, if you are not living in accordance with how He would have you to live, you are rejecting Him. 
but arise and stand. And he said, Who art thou, Lord? And he said, I am Jesus whom thou persecuted, but rise and stand upon thy feet. For I have appeared unto thee for this purpose, to make thee a minister and a witness, both of these things which thou hast seen and of those things in which I will appear unto thee, delivering thee from the people and from the Gentiles, and whom unto whom now I send thee to open their eyes and to turn them from darkness to light and from the power of Satan unto God, that they may receive forgiveness of their sins and inheritance among them which are sanctified by faith that is in me. I read a lot there. But I want to tell you that's the truth, that's the gospel of Jesus Christ right there. And that's the gospel that Paul was preaching and teaching. And this is what Jesus Christ had told him to stand up. Now I have done these things for this purpose, to make thee a minister and a witness both of these things which you have seen and the things which I will appear unto thee. And as we go along, his work will appear unto us. He will show us things as we go through life. Delivering thee from the people and from the Gentiles whom now I send thee to open their eyes. And that's what is being preached and taught here today. For that reason, to open your eyes, your spiritual eyes, and to turn them from darkness to light. Are you living in darkness? He says, if that light in your eyes, darkness, he says, how great that darkness is. But he says, if that light, if that eye is full of light, how great that light is, and we'll be able to see, we'll be able to walk the way he'd have us to walk. We'll be able to walk in newness of life and not fall into the ditch. And from the power to turn them from the darkness to light and from the power of Satan unto God that they may receive forgiveness of sins and inheritance among them which are sanctified by faith that is in me. Now that's the words of Jesus Christ. Paul just bringing them and telling them. All these men, he was not ashamed of the truth. He was not ashamed of what had happened to him because he knew that he had eternal life dwelling within him now because of that. And he had seen the marvelous work that God could do within man. And I know that we have been able to see it the marvelous work that He has and that He will do in man here upon the earth so that they can know Him. Wherefore, O King Agrippa, I was not disobedient. I was not disobedient unto this calling. Listen to that. Listen carefully. Is that in our life? The calling that He is calling for us. 
to move up, to step up, to repent of our sins and accept Jesus Christ as our Savior and to be repenting over and over when we see that we are wrong. Take it to Jesus Christ and repent. He says, Where to, O King Agrippa, I was not disobedient unto the heavenly vision, but showed first to them at Damascus and at Jerusalem and throughout all the coast of Judea and then to the Gentiles that they should repent and turn to God and do the works meet for repentance. When we repent and receive that, then we will do a different work. He says, do works meet for repentance. Do works that shows that you have repented of your sins. You have received that new birth. That's what he's talking about. It's not your works. It's the works of the Spirit of the Holy Ghost within you. That's the works because you have repented of your sins. For these causes, the Jews caught me in the temple and went about to kill me. Having therefore obtained help of God, I continue to this day witnessing both to small and great, saying none other things than those which the prophets and Moses did say should come. And that's just remember, look and see. That's what He is doing with us today. We're just preaching and teaching what the prophets said was going to happen, and then we're preaching and teaching what did happen when Jesus Christ came here for the remission of our sins. And that's what Paul was telling us, telling those people. And that's what I want us to all to hear and know today. Having therefore obtained help of God, and we've talked about that already, of how God was helping him while he was right here throughout this trial that he was going through. He was not allowing him to be put to death. And he says, I have been witnessing both unto small and great. And I believe that he did. He witnessed right to the people there. Right that had come in and was going to try to kill him when they took him out of the temple. Then he witnessed to others. I'm sure he was witnessing to the soldiers that was around him. He witnessed to the other people, the high authorities, and now he's witnessing to the highest ones in that land at that time. Oh, King Agrippa, I was not disobedient to the heavenly vision. Could we say that today if we were on trial? I have not been disobedient to the heavenly vision that has been shown to me. Could we say that? We can. And we can have power and we can have, have knowledge and we can have understanding we can have confidence that He is with us just as Paul had that same confidence. Say none other things than those which the prophets of Moses did say should come, that Christ should suffer, and that He should be the first that should rise from the dead. 
and should show light unto the people and to the Gentiles. And as he thus spake for himself, Festus said with a loud voice, Paul, thou art beside thyself, much learning hath made thee mad. Festus here, in all his authority, did not hear the wonderful words of life. And Satan, as, as the truths were being preached and taught to him and spoken to, he was just like the sower. The sower was there and the sower was spreading these wonderful words of life right there to him. And he was no different than the seeds that fell upon stony ground, fell upon the, by the wayside. The fowls came and took it right away. Satan came and took it right out of Agrippa's mind. Right away. And placed something into his mind of what a wicked, what this man here, was, Satan was trying to tell him, did not understand what was going on. And the things that Paul was speaking was not the truths of God. That's what Satan was telling him. And he just brought it out so strong. He said, Festus. But he said, I am not mad, O noble Festus. Now that's what Festus was the one that was just telling him that, and that Satan had just come and took it right away from him. The wonderful words of life, he had just taken them right away when it was right there in front of him that he could have accepted and he could have it and it's right in front of each and every one of us today. Are we going to adhere to his life, to his words? But he said, I am not mad, most noble Festus, but speak forth the words of truth and soberness for the king knoweth of these things, before whom I speak freely. For I am persuaded that none of these things were hidden from him, for this thing was not done in a corner. Paul now speaking to the king and letting Festus know and understand that I know the king knows what I'm talking about. Because these things were not done in a corner. He knows about what Jesus was done. He knows that Jesus was resurrected out of the grave, whether he wants to believe it or what. But he knows that's what took place. He knows that the people there that was around that grave was paid great money to go and tell that the disciples came and stole him away. He knows that Christ was crucified and he was put in the grave and he was resurrected back to life. He says these things, none of these things are hidden from him. For this thing was not done in a corner. It was done right out in the open. People saw it and they knew it and they understood what happened. And then Paul just looks at him. He looks at King Agrippa and he says, King Agrippa, Believest thou the prophets? I know that thou believest. 
And I want to look at each and every one of you today and say, do you believe in Jesus Christ? Do you believe the words that we're reading? Do you believe that He has the power to forgive your sins? And that's what we all got to know. Just as Paul was so avid with this man. King Agrippa, believest thou the prophets? And I know that there's people here today that believe that Jesus Christ has saved them from their sins and they know that. And they're living in peace and in hope of eternal life. I know that. And I know that's being offered to us all. And King Agrippa and Festus and all these high men could hear that word. But Satan was right there among them to take it away. And He can be right here in front of you today to take it away out of your mind instead of just surrendering to Him. Then Agrippa said, he says, King Agrippa, believest thou the prophets? And I believe Paul brought this very strong to him. King Agrippa, Believest thou the prophets? I know that thou believest the way I believe that Paul was saying to him. Then Agrippa said unto Paul, Almost thou persuadest me to be a Christian. Almost thou persuadest me. And friends, if there's anybody in here today that is in that position, that you are almost persuaded to be a Christian, go all the way. Put it into His hands. If you don't understand something, please come to me and let me help you. Or just take it to Jesus Christ. He will help you. That is all you have to do is go to Him. Repent. But it's right here. It's laid out very strong, plain, and clear. And Paul had been preaching and teaching this to thousands and thousands of people throughout the years that he had done this. This was not something new to him. It's not something new to us today. It's not something new to me to preach and to teach you about Jesus Christ. And I want to see every one of us grow stronger. I want to see every one of us put our faith and trust in Him. It doesn't matter who you are, what you've done, where you come from. Jesus Christ is there with that reached out hand for each and every one of us. Let's use that blood that He poured out to wash away our sins. Then Agrippa said unto Paul, Almost thou persuadest me to be a Christian. I want to just listen to what Paul said and how he was just filled with anxiety, I believe I would say, when that happened. Here is this man that is almost persuaded. What can I do to help him? 
And that's what I want to be with everyone here today. What can I do to persuade you to just move a little bit farther? A little bit farther. And to be at one with Jesus Christ. And Paul said, I would to God that not only thou, but also all that hear me this day were both almost and altogether such as I am except these bonds. Just as I was just talking. Can you see, think about what Paul's, what was going through his mind. Think about here I am in the presence of all these unbelievers And here, the king, the one that is higher than any one of them, saying that I'm almost to be a Christian, Paul. You have almost persuaded me. And then Paul just, king. I would, I wish, I pray to God that not only you, Paul didn't want to just stop with the king. He was offering and he wanted everybody there, not just some high person to be able to receive it, but he wanted the very lowest in the room to be able to receive it, just as Agrippa. I wish to God, or I would to God, that not only thou, but also all that hear me this day, we're both almost and all together such as I am, except these bonds. He didn't want people to be in chains. He didn't want them to have to have a, a guard with them all the time. But he says, I wish that you were like I am spiritually. And that's what I am asking and want every one of us to be. I want to be like Paul was spiritually. I want to hear his word, hear the word of Jesus Christ, and know that I can be just as he is. We're both almost and all together, not just almost, but all together as I am. He saw and he heard, he saw that great light. He heard the word of Jesus Christ. He was obedient to the calling, he said. And the Spirit directed him from that day forward. And here it is, about 30, probably or somewhere in the range of 30 years after that. And another place he says that his time was almost up. The time of my departure is near. He says, I've fought a good fight. I have kept the faith, and I believe that he was at Rome when he was writing this letter to Timothy when he was saying this, what I'm quoting. The time of my departure is near. I have fought a good fight. I have kept the faith. He has kept the faith in Jesus Christ. Faith that He could forgive him his sins. Faith that He would give him power to overcome Satan. Faith that He would give him love to overcome and to forgive others. Mercy of God extended to him. I've kept the faith. 
And henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness. As this is what Paul was saying to his, encouraging his friend. And this is what I want to say today, to encourage each and every one of us, me included. I want the encouragement just like I want you to have it. That you fought that good fight. I want to be able to say I've fought that good fight. And I want to know, and I do know, that that crown of righteousness is laid up for each and every one that has accepted Him and is following Him as Paul was. Because he went on to say, not only for me, but for all those that love the appearing of Jesus Christ in their life. The appearance of Jesus Christ in your life. The appearance there that he has overcome that he has he is now directing you in everything and you've got your trust that you will put your life into his hands and follow him and when he had thus spoken the king rose up and the governor and Benice and they that sat with them, and when they were gone aside, they talked between themselves, saying, This man doeth nothing worthy of death or bonds. Then said Agrippa unto Festus, This man might have been set at liberty if he had not appealed unto, unto Caesar. And when it was determined that we should sail to Italy, they delivered Paul and certain other prisoners unto one named Julius, a centurion of Augustus' band. And you know what took place as they went on that journey? They had shipwreck, but they were none lost their life. Paul didn't lose his life. God still had a work for him to do. Even on the island there, with the barbarous people that was there, Paul was able to just go in and heal the king there on that island or his father. And all the things then were taken care of. They were taken care of naturally because of God working in Paul. And then Paul was sent on down to Rome. And he taught there. He never stopped. He never gave up. And he saw victory. And I don't want any one of us to stop. I don't want you to give up. But that's a sad, sad thing to me. And I hope maybe Agrippa sometime later, he might, could have repented. That's between him and God. But it's a sad thing to hear that the message of God was poured out there. The seed was sown. And these people were allowing the birds to come and take it away. The truth was sown to them and they were allowing Satan to just come and to take it right out of their mind. Don't be as that. Furnish that 
sower, the one that is sowing the good seed. And I know that good seed has been sown. Furnish it good ground that it might bring forth some 30, some 60, and some 100-fold. We all have a different work to do. There's differences in each one of our lives. And He will require different out of us. But I want to tell you something. I know it from the bottom of my heart that He will never put something upon you that you can't overcome. And I know that whatever He asks for you to do, He is there. And you will see victory. I know that of a fact that He can lead us. And there has been times I have seen and don't know what to say, but He will lead us. And He has. And we will see victory. His people will. Will you come and go with us? That's what the song says, I believe. And Paul said, to follow me, as I follow Christ. And that's what I want to be. As, I, as Paul was following Christ, I want to follow that same Christ. And we, it is there and it's plain for those that have eyes to see. But he says there are some that has eyes, but they can't see. There are some that have ears, but they can't hear. He says that there are some that have a zeal, but not according to knowledge. Let's have a zeal. Paul had a zeal that he thought he was following God, but it was not with a godly knowledge. So let's put our faith and trust in Jesus Christ and see victory. We'll bring this meeting to a close. We'll sing number 150. Praise Him. Praise Him. And there's, that's a wonderful song for us to sing today. And let's do that from our heart. And if there's anybody that might like to make that public, your commitment to Him, come forward. Don't wait. Don't let Satan hold you. But come forward if you want to make that public.
I hope that we can see how God, through His Son, Jesus Christ, can work with whoever it is. It is His will that all men be saved. So much so that He sent His Son to die. Praise Him. Not man. Praise Him. Sing of His excellent greatness. <clears throat> Praise Him ever in joyful song. And I know there's people with peace today. And I hope that there's people that have their heart pricked today. And I hope that you will follow through and ask, what must I do as Saul said? And I'll tell you now, repent and be baptized for the remission of your sins. Let us pray.
to God the Father, thank you for the wonderful words of life that you have had recorded and that we can see and know how others have been able to receive and how they could be strong in your spirit and to be able to encourage us with your word. God, I thank you for spiritual wisdom and knowledge. And I beg that you show us how we can encourage one another in your word, your work, and draw us near to you. And just let us praise your name and praise the name of Jesus Christ. And God, if there's anybody that is searching and seeking that is under the sound of my voice today, let them hear your word. Have ears to hear and eyes to see and accept you and be persuaded that Jesus is your son and Jesus can take away our sins and Jesus can heal us. And in Jesus' name we pray, amen.